Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. And this series is such a cool series because, you know, when we're here, we're inside the four walls and we need to be inside the four walls. This is where community is. This is where we're fed. This is where we have corporate worship. And man, do I miss corporate worship. I mean, it's cool to worship at home, but when we're all in the same room, that's that's an amazing experience. That's a God experience. And this is important, but God's created us to go out there and live our lives in the wild. And uh, Joe Jr., my son, he opened up with lesson one and did such a great job. If you weren't able to hear it, it it's a life-changing message. And so while we're out there, we're just covering different aspects. So this is our first, fourth and final lesson. And I am excited about this weekend. I wanna open up with a Joe story. This is a true story, guys. And uh, it goes like this. This happened about 25 years ago. And I, I was invited to be part of a leadership team here in the Valley. I was the only minister on the team, but we came from all walks of life. Some ran companies, some were high in the government, you know, some were running nonprofits, you know, like the Red Cross or something like that. And we, it was going to be 10 months long and every month we would meet at a different spot in the state. And we started out with a retreat. We went to this beautiful retreat center. And in the morning, the first morning, we were going to go out in the wild. Yeah. And we were going to do all these team building skills. Like, here's a fence. You have to get your whole team over. Even the last person that's kneeling down, everybody's climbing on their back. And then we did all the swinging from trees and all kind of fall back and trust somebody to catch you. All those things, right? So they said, bring... Bring, bring a couple bottles of water because we're going to be out there all day. And I brought this, I brought this little cooler. I had it on my, on my shoulder. And instead of putting water in it, I put Diet Coke because at the time I was in love with Diet Coke. And so I thought that's going to be the best thing ever, right? And it was okay till about noon. And then the sun was really hot and we're doing all this moving and all these activities and the sun's hitting me. And I am now drinking that Diet Coke and it is not quenching my thirst. I tried to barter and trade somebody for their water. Nobody wanted to give up their water. Do you know at that time in my life, 25 years ago, I didn't realize that diet pop or any pop wouldn't quench your thirst. I didn't realize how much sodium was in it, but I found out that weekend. Well, we got back about three or four o'clock and I remember just hunting down a cold bottle of water and I guzzled that whole bottle of water down. And that's when I realized Diet Coke will not quench your thirst. It's okay once in a while, but it's, it's not water, right? And in this lesson this weekend, we're going to talk about the people that you and I rub shoulders with out in this wild that we're living Monday through Saturday. And when we're walking amongst our peers, our, 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 our friends that are students, people we work with, relatives, neighborhoods, we're gonna run into people that are trying to quench their thirst with Diet Cokes. These are spiritual Diet Cokes and they are so thirsty and nothing's filling and nothing's satisfying that thirst that they have. And I wanna make a statement to come off of this story. This is a powerful statement. Guys, ready? Everyone on planet earth has a spiritual void that only God can fill. Absolutely true. And I remember when I was first a, a new Christian, I'm like 20 years old, and the, the friends that I had that I was the closest with, 
and my relatives that I was the closest with, I began to share Jesus with them. And I could have used wisdom. I kind of pushed it down their throats, but I could have used more wisdom. But what shocked me was that every one of them gave me the first response. It was all identical. And, and they might have said it a little different, but here's the essence of what they said. You must be weak and you needed a crutch, and Jesus is your crutch. And I'm like offended because I said, you know me. You know I'm not a weak person. I have internal strength. And they said, oh, no, no one, no one becomes a Jesus freak unless they're, they're weak and, and, and they're empty. And what I didn't know at the time was I really was. I really was, but I didn't realize it. I didn't understand it, and I didn't know how to answer them. But then as I grew, I began to find out what the Bible teaches. And that statement I just gave you, it's 100% true. You know, Solomon, he took over for his dad, King David. He became the king. He's a really young man, and he now takes over the kingdom, and there's millions of Jews at the time, and he's their king. God appeared to him. Wouldn't that be cool? I've never had God appear to me, and I don't know that I would ask for what he asked for if God did, especially as a non-Christian. But God appeared to him, and God said to him, Solomon, Ask of me anything you want and I'll give it to you. Can you imagine that? God gave him a blank check. And you know what he said? He said, God, I can't even believe what he said. He said, I'm young and I'm ruling a big amount of people, large group of people. He said, would you give me wisdom to rule? And you can read between the lines. It shocked God. It really did. And then God responded by saying, Solomon, I am shocked. No, he didn't say that, but that's what he meant. And he said, because you didn't ask for the life of your enemies, and because you didn't ask for great wealth, he said, I'm going to make you the wisest person that ever lived on planet Earth, and I'm also going to flood you with wealth, and I'm going to give your enemies into your hands. And then when you follow Solomon's life, all of that happened. Now, unfortunately, because Solomon had a God void too, um, he couldn't handle all that wisdom, and he ended up walking away from God because all these spiritual diet cokes in the world pulled him away from from God. And I want to read a couple things that he said, fascinating things in our Bible. The first is out of the Amplified Bible because, like it says, they amplified uh, the, the original text. Listen to what it says, Ecclesiastes 3.11. God has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. He has also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart. Listen to this now. A mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. That's what every human being on planet earth, until we meet Jesus, that's what's happening in every heart. And we're going to talk about what they do to try to fill it. And, and, and it finishes up with this, yet man cannot find out, comprehend, grasp what God has done, his overall plan from the beginning to the end. So we're walking down here and we're trying to find something to quench our thirst and it just isn't working. Now, here's Solomon. Think about it. God made him the wisest man that ever lived on planet Earth. Do you know that he became so prosperous, he was the world's first trillionaire? We still don't have another trillionaire. The first and only trillionaire in the world. He had all these revenue streams. One stream, and I, what I'm doing is using in, uh, inflation to put it into today's numbers. One revenue stream was $1.5 billion a year just from one little stream in income. And he was so wealthy, he, he created the most beautiful gardens the world has ever seen and palaces. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And when I was a young Christian, I used to wonder, what are the concubines for, right? Well, uh, they were his servants. 
And then they had babies for him and gave him pleasure. So think about it, a thousand women. And what, what, what blows my mind is what he said in Ecclesiastes at the end of his life. He had everything this world could offer. And, and I'm sharing this because I want to make sure we understand this isn't for us that have accepted Christ. This is for us out in the wild when we're rubbing shoulders with these people and we're seeing them drink some spiritual diet Coke, so to speak, and we're appalled by what they're drinking. Guys, they're, they're just trying to quench a thirst and they don't know how to quench it. So, so listen to this. This is fascinating. Ezekiel or Ecclesiastes chapter two, verse 10. And whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure. So I just shared a couple things, right? Dot, dot, dot means I couldn't fit it all in. I don't have time. Read this chapter this coming week. Verse 11, then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and striving after the wind. He said, I tried to catch something, but I couldn't catch it. And then listen to verse 17. So I hated life. Can you imagine? How could someone that's a trillionaire that can buy anything he wants had an orchestra that would play to put him to sleep at night? I want you to just think about it. All these palaces, everything you could ever imagine. He says, I hated my life. And did you notice the last part of verse 11? All was vanity. The Hebrew word there means emptiness or void. What's Solomon saying to you and I? He's saying, guys, I had it all, and I still had a God void in my life. And that's the world you and I are walking in the midst of. And so here's my big idea. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever, guys. It goes like this. God created us to reach thirsty people drinking from empty wells. And so they're drinking from these wells, and these wells are empty, and they're trying to quench the thirst. And Solomon said, hey, guys, it's not quenchable. Only Jesus coming into your heart can quench it. So I wrote down what some of those wells might be, guys. And, and some of those wells might be sin, sex, drugs, pleasures. That's the negative side. But there's a positive side to these wells too. Accomplishments, careers, adrenaline rushes, activities, relationships, fame, false religion, and it goes on and on. It could be something good. It's just pursuing something and trying to have that something fulfill the God void, and it can't. And I thought it was interesting. We're, we're coming to the end here of COVID-19, still in it, but restrictions are loosening. Things are opening up, and it's, you know, this, this is the Friday. This past Friday was when restaurants could open up and you can go inside. That's pretty cool. Social distancing was there, but that's, that's a biggie, right? Churches are allowed to meet all over the country, and, and I just want you to listen. I want you to listen. I found this fascinating. Uh, when COVID-19 hit, there was a 243% increase in alcohol sales. That is huge. Why? Because people all of a sudden that were filling this void with their careers and what they did for a living, all of a sudden they're like, I can't, I, I can't fill the void. So now they're going to the bottle. Other people have been on the bottle, but now they're going to the bottle, right? And I thought this was interesting. This is really amazing. Um, on March 29th, right as it's beginning, right? And people can't drink from all, all the wells they wanted to drink from. Uh, they had 3 billion swipes on Tinder. I want you to think about that. Tinder is a dating site. And so what you do is you look at people's pictures and then their little bio. And if, you, if you're interested, you click it. And then somebody on the other side is doing the same thing with you. And if you, you end up with somebody you click, that they click, then you get connected for a date, right? Three billion on one 
day. The porn sites said that they went up exponentially. They said, it's just so huge. We don't even know how to tell you how big it is. And what was happening? These are good people. They're very thirsty and they have a hunger and a thirst for God and they just simply don't know how to fill it. God created us to reach thirsty people drinking from empty wells. And here's one of our biggest problems, guys. We look at the well they're drinking from so often and we just become a little bit critical and judgmental of them. And some wells are acceptable, some wells aren't. And, and I'm not saying that we give a green light to sin, but here's what I'm saying. Man, we have to come to a place where we realize, you know, they just have a God void and people try all kinds of ways to fill it. And even us as Christians, if we don't walk close with God, we'll begin to try to fill that God void. We, we, we have it filled when we accept Jesus, but if we don't stay close to him, we begin to fill it again. And then even Christians can fall into these areas. So Jesus, he had a story that he made sure was recorded in the Bible. This is a really cool story. Him and his disciples are traveling and they're going through Samaria, but they don't want to stop. And then they find out somebody, somebody ate all the food. Who had a binge last night and ate all the food? Something like that, right? And so they have to stop in Samaria. Now the Jews hated the Samaritans because they're half Jews and they took the Jewish Bible and they twisted it and used it the wrong way. So they do not like these people, but they had to stop. It's kind of like when our kids were young, we would travel. We went to Chicago a lot where uh, Gina's from and we'd be coming up on, on one of those beautiful Ohio turnpikes, one of those beautiful restaurant exits that they have right on the turnpike. And I'd say, anybody need it? Anybody? No, we're okay, we're okay. And then we'd pass it and 10 minutes later, someone would say, I've got to go, I'm hungry. And I'd say, we just passed it. Well, it's 30 some miles to the next one, I got to go. So then you, you, you end up getting off on an exit. And it, it's always, I don't know why, but it was always an exit that was in the middle of nowhere. And you're like, oh, and then you have to have, the kids have to use bathrooms that are filthy, a very low population in the area, that type of thing, right? Jesus just had that same thing happen. And instead of being upset, and instead of being bothered by it, he thought, what a great time to find someone drinking from the wrong well and, and to bring them living water. And he wanted us to learn something from it. So Jesus isn't in the synagogue, it's not in the four walls. He's out in the wild. Let's take a look. Famous story. Many of you know it, but let, let's learn something new from it. John 4, 4. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. So You'll see later his disciples went to find some food. They don't want to be there. You know what's interesting? This, this, this town, Sychar, do you know what the literal definition of the town is? The, the, the literal word means drunken. <laughs> so this was not only a Sumerian town. It was just really a really rowdy, sinful town. As a matter of fact, their, their nickname was Place Full of Sinners. So uh, can you imagine that being the name of our town? Yeah, I live in Place Full of Sinners. Oh, I live in Drunken. Yeah, most of us are drunk all the time, right? I mean, this is where he stops and he goes to this famous well and he sits there. Knowing Jesus, he had a prayer time in the morning and he knew this lady was coming. Uh, listen to verse 7. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? This is just an icebreaker. He's trying to get a conversation going. Uh, his disciples had gone into town to buy food. So here's what I want you to see. Jesus is aware. He's in, he's in the wild. Now, Jacob's well was a good thing, but 
Jesus is using it as a type of an empty well that people are drinking from to try to fill their spiritual thirst. And you'll see that as we go through. So look at it at any well, like any well that's out there, right? Sinful wells, uh, you know, career wells, whatever it is, busy wells. Nothing wrong with a career, but it's just using it the wrong way. So listen to verse nine. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Now, guys, earlier it said this was noon. So this is not just any Samaritan woman. Uh, she was shunned by all the other Samaritans because she's coming to the well at noon. And they all went at the break of dawn and they filled those water jars up and they went home and start cooking and doing you know, the laundry and all those things. But she waited till everyone was gone. And then she sees Jesus and she thinks, oh, he's a Jew, he'll leave me alone. They don't talk to us. And so she comes up and she needs to fill her water bottle because she's being shunned. So now he's dealing with a woman that the people in her community have shunned. And how bad do you have to be to be shunned in the city of drunken or the city of sin? I mean, you've got to be really bad. Well, we know, and I'll tell you right now, but we know what her issue was. Um, she, Jesus told her after, after he goes through some dialogue, he said, go get your husband. And she says, I don't have one. And he said, that's right. You've been married five times and the guy you're living with now isn't your husband. Now, today that wouldn't be culturally terrible, but in Bible days, if you lived with someone you weren't married to, in any of those religions, they would stone you. So she was shunned, even in the city of drunken. They didn't stone her, but she was shunned. And she didn't want to go out there early because all those women would put their noses up toward her and say some bad things to her and all of that. So that's why she's there at noon. So guys, listen to verse 10. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that ask you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So Jesus is saying, I know what you really need to quench that hunger, that void inside you. And that's what you and I need to do when we're out in the world. Doesn't matter what well they're drinking from. Look past the well, look past the spiritual Diet Coke and see what they're doing. They have a God hole they're trying to fill. Listen to verse 11. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock? She's still confused and she doesn't understand. What kind of water are you talking about? So listen to Jesus, verse 13. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. And that's all the empty wells, guys. God created us to reach thirsty people drinking from empty wells. Are you seeing this from a different set of eyes? Man, the people of this world are so thirsty for God, but they don't know it. So it goes on to read, verse 14, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up into eternal life. So he's sharing the good news with her, right? Listen to verse 15. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. And this is when he said, go bring your husband and all that took place. Guys, Jesus reached and he found it. And I'm gonna tell you how we can do that. But listen to verse 27. I encourage you to read this text this week too. Verse 27, just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman, but no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking to, with her? They didn't wanna mess with Jesus, right? And in verse 28, it says, then leaving her water jar, 
Now, this is significant because she realized this is an empty well. It's not going to fill this void. And listen what she did. The woman went back to the town and said to the people, she's so excited, even though they're shunning her, even though they might stone her eventually. She says, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out. And of course, they ended up believing. Remember, Jesus operated in that word of knowledge and told her about herself. Now, you and I, in most cases, aren't going to have that flowing or something supernatural like Jesus. But can I remind all of us, the Holy Spirit's working on people's hearts, and that's really super-duper supernatural. I want you to have that confidence. So listen, his disciples come back. It goes on to say uh, in verse 31, Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I love this, I have food to eat that, know, uh, that, that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, did he steal the snicker bars? Is he the reason we had to stop here and go into town right there? Like confused. What do you mean, Jesus? What kind of food are you talking about? You must have snuck some in your pocket last night. Now, listen to verse 34. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Remember, Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I've sent you. And man, I love reminding myself about this. Every time I get out in the world, Man, I'm not there just to do my business, right? I'm there and I'm looking for people who are drinking from empty wells. I'm not going to judge them. But what I want to do is I want to bring them to a place, make them thirstier, bring them to a place where I can introduce them to Jesus. Listen to verse 35. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. You know, I've read this so many times, but you forget where it's at. It's, it's with the woman at the well. And what is Jesus doing? He's letting them know, guys, I, I am about bringing people to Christ. Of course, he was Christ, but that, that was he, what he was about. And he said, guys, if you can get into it, it's going to energize your life. It's going to make life exciting. And that's what God is exhorting us about today, right? He's exhorting us God created us to reach thirsty people drinking from empty wells. And not all of them are ready. So he says, look for the ones that are ripe. Look for the ones that are asking questions. And I want to make another statement to you. This one is, is, is an important statement. It goes like this. People don't line up to be judged, but they do line up to be loved. And so the idea here is Jesus didn't judge her. Jesus loved her. And it opened up her heart. I want to tell you a Joe story. This is another Joe story. Uh, and some of you might have heard it, but I think you'll hear it from a different set of eyes uh, this weekend. But when I was in Bible school, I had to work my way through. So I took a job at a convenience store. It was called Quick Trip, a lot like Sheets, really big, full service place. I took the night shift, the midnight shift, working at night because I wanted to had to go to school in the morning, but I also wanted to be involved in my church in the afternoon at night before I went to work. So I'm working midnight shift, and they just sent me to another store. I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it's my first night at this store. And around 2 a.m., 3 a.m., a police officer pulls up, and he comes in. And I hadn't met him yet, but he introduces himself to me. And so then he's just hanging out. It's his break, and I'm so glad to have a police officer in my store at that you know early morning like that. And then he just begins to cuss like crazy. I mean, it was it was abnormal. And, and then um, he began to tell me girl stories and dirty little things. And he had a ring on. I knew he was married. 
And, you know, I could have said, hey, hey, these are holy ears. I don't want to hear it, buddy. I'm a Christian. But I didn't. You know what I did? I kept, I just kept redirecting the conversation. And that went on for a couple days. And the second night he said, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm a Bible school student. So then he began to cuss more. But you know what? I just let it go because that's the well he's drinking from, right? And began to share some more stories that he shouldn't share. And I just deflected everything, changed the direction, got us on other conversation. You know, after about a week, he started to open up and tell me about his marital problems. And he began to just open his life up. And it just gave me an open door. And I began to give him some great advice. I wasn't even married yet, hadn't even met Gina yet, but I'm giving him great advice because the Bible makes us wise, right? And then I was able to lead him to Christ and I prayed for him to accept Jesus as his savior right in the store, guys, right there in a convenience store, right in the wild, right? And, and, and I wasn't that great at it. Any of us can do it. Or you can invite someone to church or invite them to watch online and let us do it for you, let us help. But here's what's really cool. I got him into a church, Victory Christian Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Billy Joe Dottery was the pastor. He's now in heaven. His son took over. At that time, it was one of the biggest churches in the country. You know, he goes to church there. And the reason he was working midnight turn as a police officer, he was going to college too. And when he graduated and he obtained his uh, CPA license, he was hired by the church. He became their CFO. And I really believe that's why here at Believers, we've always had great C CFOs because I sewed one into one of the biggest churches in the country down there. And I was doing it just simply looking at a guy, not condemning him and loving him. So here's another incredible statement. You ready? This could have been my big idea. God created us to make thirsty people thirsty for him. That's literally why he created us. And that's what I was able to do with this guy. Many of you have done it. But you know in the Bible, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, uh, Jesus talks about us being the light of the world and uh, show it by our works. That's so important. But you know what he said before that? He talked about what we're talking about in this lesson today. He said, you're the salt of the earth. I want to read that to you. Listen to this. It, it says, Matthew 5, 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. I remember when I was a young Christian and I read that, all I could think about is, he's saying I'm going to lose my salvation. It scared the heebie-jeebies out of me, right? And so we're going to talk about that in a moment, but let's talk about what I underlined the first part. You are the salt of the earth. Now, in Bible days, salt was even more valuable than it is today. It was so valuable. The Roman Empire paid their soldiers with salt. It was as valuable as gold. And you know what they called it? They called it their salarium. And you know what sal means? It's Latin for salt. And that's where we derived our word salary. So it's really, really valuable in Bible days. Uh, they used it to cleanse wounds, but most importantly, they used it to preserve food, to preserve meats. And I remember growing up, my dad used to make homemade Italian cold cuts, pepperoni, salami, capicola, prosciutto. We'd make them and we'd hang them, you know. Uh, we had this refrigerator that we bought just for that. And one of the things I remember is you had to use a ton of salt. Why? Because salt preserves meat. And, you know, Elijah had a guy come up to him and he said, this water is, this water is poison. And what did Elijah do? He threw some salt in it. Now, he could have thrown dirt because God had to do a miracle. He could have thrown grass, but he, 
He threw salt. You know why? God wanted to show us that we are here to preserve this world, to save this world. And that's what he's talking about when he says we're the salt of the earth. So as we walk around in the wild, it's so easy to just become disgusted with the world we live in. It's so easy to become disgusted with people. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Look beyond all that. Make them thirstier for God. You're the salt of the earth. Make them thirstier for God. And we can do that. So let me show you what this last part says, because this is significant. I'm going to read it again. Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You know how we have asphalt today? We make our roads with asphalt. Some of our driveways are asphalt. You know, in Bible days, do you know what the number one ingredient was for the substance they they made their roads with and their rooftops, it was salt. And when salt, you lost its savoriness, its flavor, they didn't throw it in a dump somewhere and bury it. It was the main ingredient for what they made their roads from. And here's what Jesus is saying. They put it on their rooftops. Their rooftops didn't just keep the rain out. It was like a patio. They'd go up there and sit on their rooftops and then they made the roads with it and they would walk on the roads. And here's what Jesus is saying. If we don't look at the world and look past their wells and have a heart to bring them to Christ, he's saying this world will trample all over us. And what does he mean by that? They're going to walk all over us. If we lose our saltiness, they'll walk right all over. It means we won't have their respect. It means they won't want to listen to us. So I want to encourage myself. I want to encourage all of us, man. Be saltier, my friend. Be saltier, right? Be as salty as you can. And you know what that means? It means when we're out here in the wild, if we see someone that's drinking from some wells and we see they're empty, begin to pray for them. They don't have to know it. Pray for them and then look for open doors. I'm going to close with this verse. This is an incredible verse. Colossians 4, 6. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Uh, the New Living Translation for the latter part says this, so that you will have the right response for everyone. And Jesus is telling us, be like I was with the woman at the well. When you're rubbing shoulders, people aren't always ready, so you don't have to shove it down their throat if they're not ready. But he's saying, pray for them behind closed doors. And then he's saying, love them, don't judge them, right? And then he's saying, look for your open doors. And when you see an open door, maybe you'll invite them to watch a service online. Maybe you'll invite them to church when we're back. Maybe you yourself will share Christ with them and pray with them. Many of you can do it and you don't even realize that you can. But the idea is look for opportunities and then speak words that will make them hungrier for Christ and then bring them into the kingdom. And I know as you're listening, many of us are like, yeah, Lord, I want to do this better. I want to become more skilled. I think it's so easy when we're outside these four walls to judge everybody that's out there. And we want to come to a place where we understand, hey, they're just trying to fill a God void. They don't know how to fill it. And so we can help them fill it because we know the only thing that will quench their thirst is Jesus. So this isn't about us. We're already Christians. It's about us looking for them and God using us to reach them. And I believe he wants to use you in a powerful way. So I want to pray right now. Can, can we pray right where you're at, man, in your living room? Uh, those of you in Facebook Live, man, give some emojis for this uh, message and, and begin to pray for some of the people in the chat rooms. And let's just go ahead and pray. Father, 
we bow our hearts to you this day. We thank you that you've made us the salt of the earth. And Lord, this world can make us extra busy and it's so easy to forget. And especially when you're going through COVID-19, it's easy to forget a lot of things. But Lord, we ask you to renew our hearts in this area. Lord, people are looking for relationships to fill this hole. They're looking everywhere. Lord, open the door so we can give them the living water that will change their lives forever. Lord, thank you for the honor of walking in the wild. Thank you, Lord, that we're not just meant to be inside these four walls. Lord, may we never forget the woman at the well, and we thank you for growing us and changing us, every single one of us, forever. And I want to just ask you to stay in an attitude of prayer. Those of you that are Christians, if you can stick around, man, stick around, because right now I'm giving an invitation, and I'd love to know you're praying for the people I'm giving this invitation to. If, if you're listening right now and you're not sure of your eternity, I don't believe you're here by mistake. I really believe God brought you here. And the Bible made some sense, didn't it? So here's what I want to say to you. I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you for a baby, water baptized as a baby or an adult. Those are all great things. Can you remember a day when you accepted Christ as your Savior? That's what I'm asking you. You'll know it when you do. You'll change when you do. Everything will be different. And if you can't remember that day, why not this day? Why not accept him? Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He said, I've come to save the world. He said, whoever believes in me will not perish, but receive everlasting life. And I grew up in church and I didn't know Jesus until I was 19. And maybe you're like that. Maybe you're 50. Maybe, maybe you're in your 30s. I don't know who you are, but I know this is your day. Jesus said, if you call on my name, I'll save you. So I want to pray with you and give you that opportunity. And can the rest of us, can, can we hook up with them while they do it? And just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born a sinner. And this day I look to Jesus. Ready? Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died for the world's sins. And this day, in this moment, I accept you as my savior. I call you Lord. I repent of all my sins. And I make a decision to follow you, Jesus. Amen. Now listen up, listen up, man, listen up. We prayed that prayer, miracles happen. You know, the Bible says uh, that all your sins were washed away and God became your father. And we talked a little bit about that if you were here for the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, when we partook. You know what else is happening? The Bible teaches us that all of heaven, God himself and all of heaven celebrate when one person on planet earth gives their heart to Jesus. Now we understand. I mean, it's like you drank the living water. I mean, it's going to spring up like a well that's going to change everything in your life. So God is excited. Heaven's excited. We're excited here. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers the Connecting Place on Facebook. 
The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.